So it's Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, and I'm reading out of NIV. It says, as a person, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And that was Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Um, and we're talking about patience, right? And we've been talking about patience all this time. We've really learned a lot about patience. And um, the main thing that we learned up front was that God has patience with us and that God has long suffering with us and that he expects, he fully expects for that to transfer through us to other people. And so it's not enough for us to just soak up all the patience and the long suffering of God and then keep it all to ourselves. But we're supposed to be giving that patience and giving that long suffering, being patient with our brothers and our sisters in Christ. And so this scripture here tells us that as a prisoner for the Lord, um, it, uh, this is Paul writing Ephesians. He is urging us to live a life worthy of the calling. Now, I thought that was interesting, right? Because a lot of times we just like, yeah, live a life worthy of the calling. But understand, Paul, the way he writes, um, and you can read it throughout his writings, usually he makes a statement and then everything else like supports that statement or tells you how to do the statement that he made. So here he's saying, live worthy of the calling, but all the sentences beyond that tells you how do you live worthy of the calling? How do you live worthy of the calling? In other words, how do I know when I'm living worthy of the calling? Well, Paul tells us right here. He says, be completely humble. Be completely humble. You know you're living up to the calling that God has on your life when you're being humble. When you are actually not operating in pride, you're not operating in arrogance, you're not putting yourself before others. You're actually esteeming others higher than yourself. You're being completely humble. And when you're being completely humble, then you're living worthy of the calling. How else do you live worthy of the calling? Well, you be gentle, right? You're not harsh with people. And understand these are relationship things. Because relationships are very important to Christ, right? Because it was important to Christ for us to reconcile our relationship to God. It was so important to him that he gave his life for that to be done. And now it's important to him that we reconcile um, relationships with each other as well. And so we have to be gentle. When we are gentle with each other, then we understand that we are walking in worthy of the calling that we have been called. We can't just go off on people or go hard on people or snap out on people and think that that's okay, right? Even if it happens, you definitely can't think that it's okay. And you definitely need to figure out, okay, I need to apologize and I need to make sure this doesn't happen again. We have to make sure that we're gentle. We have to have a gentle spirit, just like the Christ that we serve has a gentle spirit, right? And when we do, then we're walking worthy of the calling that we were called, right? Then what does it say? Up, uh, be patient, right? Be 
patience. So here we have that. We have to be completely humble. We have to be gentle. And now we understand that we have to be patient. But then it tells us how to be patient. Patient has a quantifier. It tells you how to do it, right? It says, bearing with one another in love. That's how you're patient. That's how you can be patient with people because you are putting up with them in love. Think of it like that, right? It's like, I can put up with whatever you dishing out because girl, I love you. You know, man, I love you, right? And that's easy for us to see in relationships that we have. It's harder for us to see when it's um, somebody that we're not as close to everybody. We're there with that way with people who we draw really close. Um, but we, as uh, the body of Christ, have to realize that as Christians, we're supposed to bear with each other at um in love because Christ bared with us in love. In other words, Christ did the same thing for us. You know what? That white tree, she, whoo, let me tell you, she, she's something to deal with. She lucky I love her, right? Of him, right? That is what Jesus does for us, right? That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. It covers all of our sins. The Bible says that uh, love covers a multitude of sins, right? And when it says that, it's not talking about love, our um, that you know the sin that we have is covered. It's talking about because we love, then the sins that other people have that we can cover those with our love. It doesn't even matter, right? And we've got to get to that point. When we get to that point, that's when we walk worthy of the calling that we were called. If we're not getting to that point, we're not walking worthy. We're not walking worthy. We're not living a life worthy of the calling. If we're just going around and we're churching on Sunday and we're putting our hands up in the air saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And we dancing all around and we running around the church and, you know, we singing our songs and we're going through all of this. But guess what? If we're not bearing, bearing in love with our brothers and sisters, all oh, that's in vain. All oh, that's in vain because we're not living a life worthy of the calling. Why? Because Jesus loved hard. And how do we think that we're going to be here? Say that we are Christians, Christ-like, right? Conformed to the image of his son and we don't love hard. Well, you know, I can't just I can't, I can't put myself out there like that because, you know, I'd have been hurt before. And blah. You don't think Jesus was hurt? You don't think God has been hurt by all the times that we walked away from him when we should have been walking to him? What if God said, you know what? I just can't with her no more. Last time I just can't. What would it be? What, where would we be if God said, I, I not another time? Oh, we, you know how we act, right? We've got to understand how to bear with people in love. Now, I'm not saying that it's an easy thing to do. I'm not saying that I've conquered it, but I am saying that I know to go, right? And that I press toward the mark of the high calling, right? Why? Because I want to live a life worthy of that calling. So I press toward the mark of the high calling. Some of you don't even acknowledge that there is a mark. You've got to acknowledge that there is a mark. There is a place that God expects for you to be. And you got to feel bad when you ain't there. You really do. Because if you don't, if you don't feel bad when you're not there, if you just continue to operate the way that you operated in the, in the world, if you just continue to treat people the same way that you treated people before you got saved, then you are not worthy of the calling. 
I not living worthy of it. I didn't I didn't say it. It's in the word. If you want to live worthy of it, you can't earn it. It's already yours. But if you want to live worthy of it, see, it's not about earning the worth. The worth has already been what the Bible says imputed to us. And righteousness was imputed. Righteousness was imputed to us. It was given to us freely, right? But we should want to live up to what was freely given to us. I don't want to give God a bad name. I don't want people looking at me saying, is she a Christian? No, I want people looking at me going, and that's a Christian. See that? That's the Christian, right? I mean, it's a difference. People can say that's a Christian or they can say, that's a Christian, right? Which one do they say when they see you? What are people saying about you? Are you living a life worthy of the calling? And I'm telling you, most of what living that life worthy of the calling has to do with is your relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I am not making this up. Jesus said in Luke he told us in Luke 14, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Now, let me tell you what the saints do. I do love her. I do love him. Unless you talk in 1 Corinthians 13, love, you're not loving. You're just loving with mouth. you loving with your tongue, with your mouth. You ain't you saying it, but you're not living a life worthy of the calling. Why? Because you're not completely humble. You're not being very gentle. You're not very patient at all. And you're definitely not bearing with one another in love. We've got to live the life worthy of the calling. And when we find ourselves not living that life, then we need to repent. We need to lay before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I see I'm not doing it. I don't look. You want me to be conformed into the image and the likeness of your son. And I don't look nothing like him right now. I looked in the mirror and I don't see Christ nowhere. It's like, Christ, where you at? Right? I don't see Christ nowhere. Lord, forgive me because that wasn't very Christ-like what I did. That wasn't very Christ-like what I said. That wasn't very Christ-like what I thought. That wasn't very Christ-like how I behaved. That wasn't very Christ-like. And we've got to get that. We've got to acknowledge our sin. we got to know there's a mark that we're supposed to be pressing to, pressing toward the calling. We're supposed to be pressing and we're supposed to be moving forward, getting closer and closer and closer to that mark until we actually get there, which is not going to be until we get to heaven, right? But nevertheless, we don't stop pressing until we get there. We've got to do this. So be patient. All that's left to do in this time of 30 scriptures back to back on patience, all that's left to do is for you to be patient. Look, verse three tells us, make every effort. And I love the way it says, every effort. Make every effort, wait, I'm going to say it again, every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, you are supposed to be doing everything possible in your, um, you know, in your abilities, everything that you can do 
to make sure that you're keeping the unity of the of, of the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So that means you, Miss Christian, you, Mr. Christian, are supposed to be doing everything. And so that means you can't just say, you know what, forget it. You know what, I'm just not going to talk to her no more. You know what, I'm just not even going to associate with the brother no more. You know what, I ain't got nothing to say to him. You know, no, you can't do any of that because that is not you making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. You get what I'm saying? In other words, what a lot of people come to me with when they come to me with issues is they begin to tell me what the other person is doing. Well, she and well, he, and you don't understand that she, and then they, and then he, and, but that's not what God is talking about here. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Are you making every effort? I mean, doing everything that you can and doing everything that you can don't mean like, well, I just stopped speaking to him because, you know, that's what the Lord will want me to do. Because if I talk to him, some wrong going to come out of my mouth. And so I'm just not going to talk to him at all. Right. No, that's not making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. What would it be like if we came to total life and nobody was talking to nobody? Everybody just came in. Nobody associated with anybody. Nobody talked to anybody. Just came in, sat, listened to the word and everybody just left. What would that be like? That's not what God wants. God wants a spirit of reconciliation, a spirit of unity. The Holy Spirit in us is supposed to be motivating us to do everything that we can in order to stay unified. And I'm telling you, we are in a time now where we got to fight for this like never before. This is a time, if there was ever a time for us to be together and on one accord, this is that. Next, the signs of the time. God has been showing us for months now. Perilous times are coming. They are actually here. And we need to understand that we need to get, it's time for the church, the body of Christ, local congregations to come together. And if you don't come together, you will break apart. And so we've got to fight with the unity of the spirit to make sure that we do everything. We make every effort to keep the unity. Well, if I got to squash it, I'm going to squash it. If I got to look like the weak one, then I'm going to look like the weak one. If I got to look like the punk, then oh, well, I look like a punk. It doesn't matter. I will squash it because I got to keep the unity of the, of the spirit. All of this doesn't even make sense. When you are laying on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking about the argument you had with the church member. And, you know, on Sunday, uh, April the 6th, 2000. No, that's not what you're going to be thinking about. Right. And so if it's not something you're going to be thinking about on your deathbed, then it's not something that you should be thinking about one day after it happens. You should not let the sun go down on your wrath. You need to forgive quickly. You need to reconcile quickly. You need to get it together quickly. Now, there's a scripture in the Bible that says as much as it is uh, up to you. In other words, you can have um, every, um, uh, you know, reason and, you know, you could be doing everything right. You could be making every effort to keep the unity. And perhaps the other person is like, whatever, mm, whatever. Oh, now you want to get all holy. Oh, now you spiritual. Right. And so maybe they're not receiving 
what you're giving. But that doesn't mean you say, oh, well, well, if that's the way you want it, then okay, then no, no, you still got to make every effort, right? It doesn't matter what they're doing. You continue to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Because see, when you get to heaven and you stand before God, he's not going to talk to you about your sister. He's not going to talk to you about your brother. He's going to talk to you about you. Did you make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit? Did you go out of your way? Did you do everything that you could do? Did you make sure that you love that they knew that you loved them and that even after all that they were going through, you were still going to love them? Did you? Did they know it? Did you make every effort to show it? Did you make every effort to do it? What will you do for your brother and for your sister? We got to be patient with each other. Sometimes it takes people a long time to get where it may not have taken you a long time to get. But that doesn't mean that they're any less saved than you because it's taking them longer to walk a walk. Right. You, you, you know, maybe didn't take that long in that area. But in some areas somewhere that took you a long time to walk and you should know what that's like. So listen, make sure that we make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Make sure we keep the bond of peace and that we have peacemaker in our heart because blessed are the peacemakers, right? So we want to make sure that we have peacemaker in our heart and that we are always looking for ways to love, to forgive, to reconcile with our brothers and sisters in Christ. All right. So we are gone. I'm going to say a prayer over all of those who have been following us during this month of patience to make sure that you don't forget what you have learned. And so we're going to pray right now that everyone will walk out. Lord, we ask, oh Lord God, that you will just continuously touch and bless us, oh Lord God, even as we go forward, God. We ask, oh Lord God, that all the word that is richly dwelling in our hearts right now, that you will activate that word, that you will stir it up in us, oh Lord God, that you will bring it to our remembrance when we need it the most, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray, oh Lord God, that everyone will have a heart toward patience, that everyone will begin to bear, Lord, the infirmities, oh Lord God, of the weak just a little bit more than they did before this month, that they will esteem others higher than themselves, that they will begin, oh Lord God, to look at their brothers and sisters and not see problems and chaos, oh Lord God, but just see opportunities for love. I pray, oh Lord God, that you will allow them to be in prayer, that they will uh, have a good prayer life of their own, that they will pray, oh Lord God, and reach out to you. I pray that they will walk in love, oh Lord God, that they will know your love and that they will experience that love, that they will love you, that they will love their neighbors and that they will love themselves. Lord, I pray, oh Lord God, that they will forgive God, that they will hold no grudges, God, that they will throw it in a sea of forgetfulness to remember it no more, Lord God. And even though the memory, we don't have the capacity not to remember it, but we do have the capacity to remember victory instead of defeat, oh God. And Lord God, bless them in that. And Lord God, build up their most holy faith, oh God. It is you that measures our faith. God, I'm asking you to build up their faith, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, that they walk in it, that they live by faith, oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And then, Lord God, be with them as they patiently deal with each other as relationships begin to be repaired, oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh Lord God, that people will begin to repair the breach, oh Lord God, wherever the break was, Lord God, that they will begin to repair the breach, oh Lord God, and they will begin to reconcile with each other, oh Lord God. All not just in TLC, God, but all over the body of Christ, Lord God, that we will begin to come together. And then, Lord, I pray, 
for this month of obedience that we are going into, that you will share with us what we need to hear, God, and that you will do, oh Lord God, what your word has already promised, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you just for allowing us to go on this journey together. I ask, oh Lord God, that you will continuously bless us and keep us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and thank God. Thank you so much for tuning in, for tapping in, and for just taking part in this first episode of what will be a couple series. Please like, subscribe, share this podcast, and let us know what you love. Let us know what you hate. And again, thanks for listening.